for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 708 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, December the 3rd, 2022. Glenn, can you believe it's December the 3rd of 2022? Good grief. What's that make it? 22 days till Christmas? Good night. Man, what is happening? What somebody getting, somebody hit our, the time warp. What are we getting our significant others for Christmas? We're running out of time. Somebody hit the flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah. Dude, We I know we, either we simulated a wormhole, something has gone wrong. It cannot be December the 3rd. It's crazy. Anyway, I'll take your word for it. It is uh, Saturday morning coffee, folks, for Much to My Shock, December 3rd, 2022. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I'm Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the program. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. As you guys well know, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the craziness happening in this crazy world that we live in. And goodness gracious, what we have what we have seen this week is truly amazing. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about a few things. Lower taxes, limited government, all the things that mean more freedom. We're simply about freedom, folks. What is wrong with a little bit of freedom? Imagine Mel Gibson on his pony riding back and forth in front of us all, Screaming freedom. What's wrong with a little bit of freedom this morning, folks, here on Saturday Morning Coffee? Your freedom is under assault in ways that we haven't even really begun to fully comprehend. And that's what's frightening. Yeah, it's coming true. It's coming true. What we suspected. Oh, yeah. All the things that we have suspected, all the conspiracy theories that you heard about over the years are now today's news cycle. misinformation. Yeah. Russian misinformation. Yeah, oh, it's all, it's a Mm -hmm. Russian hoax, dude. Mm -hmm. It's a Russian hoax. Nobody's, nobody's out to get you. Nobody's, nobody's throttling your social media. Anyway, that is the smooth and mellifluous voice of producer extraordinaire, Dr. Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you doing this morning? Good. Did you hear about the new show coming? The X-Files? No, this is called Twitter Files. The Twitter Files. The Twitter Files. Oh, yeah, it's a big show. Yeah. It's huge. It, it's, it's, a, it's a big show, but it's well, the real word starts with an S right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. dude, yeah. this is really something. Yeah, we have got, we have got so much uh, to talk about uh, this week, folks. It's just really amazing. Um, there is so much going on in the world. Of course, the the biggest thing at the moment is the is the Twitter dump. Mm-hmm. Dump is the appropriate word. <laughs> yes, it is. It really is. And Elon Musk said he was going to pull back the curtain. I think I have. I'm theorizing, Glenn. I don't know, and I haven't even been able to keep up with all the stuff that's coming out at at, at such a, a rate. There is much more to be digested, and yet, uh, what we have already seen, as you said, Glenn, proves what we have suspected: that yeah. government. And big tech have been working hand in hand to pursue their political agenda, which, by the way, is not the political agenda of a great many of us, mm-hmm. and to curtail uh, free speech, to to impermissibly limit 
protected constitutional rights. You know, people always say this comes up. Um, well, you can't go after Apple or Google or Twitter under the First Amendment because the First Amendment was designed by the forefathers to protect us against against the government. Right. And many of us have said, well, you know, social media is the modern public square. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, the only place to really get together and speak freely was the public square. And it, and if anybody was going to shut that down, it would have been the local, the local sheriff or the government. That's where getting on your soapbox came from. Exactly. Yep. And, but now most of that discussion, if not 99% of it happens on social media. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we see not only is it just big tech folks, Ooh. but it's big tech and big brother. Oh, let's see. James Baker. Yeah. Holy cow. Twitter lawyer, FBI lawyer. Mm-hmm. One hat yeah. Monday, yeah. another hat on Tuesday. Nothing like being in bed. It's insane, folks. It's insane. And what we have seen from Apple uh, this week is, you know, more example of another example of how big tech, generally speaking, Google, of course, no better. But we've heard a lot about Apple this week. Of course, we're hearing much about Twitter now. But big tech is not on our side. Big tech is not our friend. And, you know, it's an interesting one of the things I want to cover today is Apple. Glenn, when, there's a fascinating question here. When did big tech become an arm of the Orwellian state? Yeah. When did that happen? I don't know. It didn't happen immediately. Mm-mm. I mean, think about this. It's like a grooming process. Yeah, they've been groomed mm-hmm. by somebody. It's an interesting question because think about, I was thinking about the DNA of Apple, right? DNA, uh, the Apple, Apple computer was formed in a garage by a couple of counter- culture hippies mm-hmm. from the 60s mm-hmm. steve jobs yep. uh steve wozniak and they actually got i think steve wozniak i'm remembering the book that i the bio of uh steve jobs that i read by walter isaac which is a great bio by the way if you guys haven't read the uh, the walter isaac bio of steve jobs it's great it's a great read um but they got their start in the counterculture of berkeley and 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 long hair and dope and everything that was going on at Berkeley in the 60s. Right. And one of the little machines that Wozniak actually built was some little device that you could go to the phone booth back in the day when we had phone booths. You could go to the phone booth and it would generate the tones that would make the phone booth think you had put quarters or dimes gotcha. okay. into the phone. Yeah. And so they could go to the phone booth and and while you know, away at school and call friends all over the world. And they thought that was a hoot mm-hmm. and they were sticking it to the man. Right, right. Right. And so, you know, Apple has all this counterculture in its DNA. It's supposed to be the, the, the company for the little guy. Mm-hmm. Remember what, what happened to the computer for the rest of us? Right. That was how they sold the Mac. Yeah. When they introduced the Mac famously, they had a commercial during the Super Bowl one year, yeah, you can find those, it on yeah. you can find it on YouTube, yeah. and it literally was a spin, a riff on George Orwell, nineteen eighty four, and they said the 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 announcer comes on and you know big explosion, she throws the hammer at the screen and mm-hmm. and they say uh, you know on such and such a date, Apple computer will introduce Macintosh, and you'll see why nineteen eighty four, referring to the year because I think this happened sometime in. 1983, I guess, mm-hmm. early 1984, would have been the Super Bowl. So I guess would have been the end of 1983, December. Well, it might have been, okay, so 1984, 
early January 1984. So they say in, Jan- in January, Apple's going to introduce Macintosh, and you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984, referring to 1984, the book. Right. And so where did all that go? Where did all that DNA go, is my question. Where did all that corporate DNA get washed out down the drain? Money. Money. I mean, uh, and I, I wonder, you know, the uh, I don't know if you had a speed dialer hooked to your phone at some point during your life. Oh, yeah. That probably was came out of that invention where it, you know, told the payphone that gave the tones. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. We'd loved, you know, I remember probably back in maybe the early 80s, we had a speed dialer actually, you know, you just reach down, pick oh, up yeah. the phone and push a one button, button and they could dial radio stations really quick if you wanted to win some. Oh, you know, yeah. Some I remember those. Yeah. I've got a great speed dial story, but I'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it filed that under the category of how to break up with a woman using <laughs> a speed dial setting on your phone that sounds like a good one it's a good story yeah. but it's probably not fit for public uh, consumption here but yeah you have to ask yourself glenn what happened to apple what happened to all these companies google um you know started on a very innocuous basis helping people find stuff on right. the internet right they wrote an algorithm to help mm-hmm. people with search and now we have these corporate behemoths apple you know multi-trillions in market capitalization. So we'll be talking about that, trying to figure out, because now they have demonstrated. And at first, honestly, I've always, I've always appreciated Apple products. I've tried to cut them some slack a little bit. I didn't really buy into the idea that they needed to make everything they make over at Foxconn in China. Right. But you know, what are you going to do? And look how that's gone lately. Yeah. Look how that's gone. And now they are fully in bed with the, uh, with the Chinese communist party. Yeah. I mean, it's not even subtle anymore. It's it's direct, and, and we'll we'll talk about some of the things that they have done there. But yeah, we've got the uh, the ongoing Twitter dumps uh, that Elon promised and are ongoing and still happening even as we speak. Yeah. And it really does demonstrate conclusively that everything that we have talked about is absolutely true. All the lies that we were speaking of. Yeah, you know. And the, yeah, our, all the all the conspiracy, all the all the right tinfoil mind. hat, yeah, all the tinfoil hat conspiracy theories that we've been harboring. We were uh, so going. far right, Reese. Yeah, we were so far right. <laughs> we were actually so far right. We yeah. were right. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a capital R. Right. Yeah. Also, want to talk about the death of truth, ladies and gentlemen. The death of truth today here on the program. We're also going to be joined on the show uh, a little bit later on in the second hour by Ed Lehman. Ed Lehman is a uh, a previous guest, he's joining us again from Beijing, China, to talk about, speaking of the Chinese Communist Party, ter- current events in the PRC and the uh, attention that they've been getting this week. Also going to be talking in the second hour as well to Josh Kimbrell. Josh is a member of the South Carolina Senate, and he's going to be giving us, giving us, excuse me, I'm not fully awake yet. He's going to be giving us an update on the upcoming legislative session in the South Carolina General Assembly. So hope you guys will stick with us. A lot to talk about here today on Saturday Morning Coffee. Uh, Great show coming up. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5.
Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. The Army National Guard has taught me the value of showing respect to those I come in contact with each day. My service also allows me to be there for my community in ways others can't. I help my hometown recover after nature strikes. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country and those I care about safe from threats. I also work with a network of professionals that help me succeed and accomplish the mission. Plus, the Army National Guard education benefits make getting a higher education a reality. Being an Army National Guard soldier makes living and serving in my community more rewarding every day. Learn how you, too, can live and serve part-time, close to home, by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the South Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the South Carolina Broadcasters Association and this station. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. <laughs> I don't believe you. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we big rock singers, we got golden fingers, and we love everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth at $10,000 a show. Right. We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we never know is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. We've got gold rings on our fingers. That line always reminds me of uh, Super Bowl rings. Glenn, who are you looking? Who are you looking at for the Super Bowl? Kansas City, I guess. Kansas City. That's not a. That's not a bad. That's not a bad guess. Did you see the Jaguars game last weekend? I did not. Oh man, what a finish! Trevor Lawrence finally getting into his. NFL groove, I think. Good. Yeah. And uh, he was struggling. He was struggling for a while. Well, you know, uh, uh, just uh, that Kansas City, Mahone, he is number one in every category. Oh, yeah. His his stats are. In in, in every category. Yeah. If you're in the uh, fantasy football thing and you got got Patrick Mahone's, Mm -hmm. you're you're smoking. Mm -hmm. But, you know, funny thing, I was thinking during the the Jags game, boy, Clemson, (laughs) if we could somehow get Trevor Lawrence back. Yeah. We would have won that game. We would have won that game. That was, um, oh man, that was so painful. That was so painful. The only thing good about that game on Saturday, and I'm sorry to all you Carolina fans out there. I love y'all, each and every one of you, especially the ones who listen. 
But the only thing good about that game is we decided not to go. We did not drive to Clemson. Okay. If I had driven all the way to Clemson yeah. to watch that game in yeah. person, oh my gosh, I would have been in such a foul mood on the yeah. way back. What, how, what's Dabo up to? I mean, what's the problem with Dabo? He's got, I mean, obviously, he's got a QB problem. Well, but, I mean, it's, you've had the best, and now also, you... Also a DJ problem, but he's just got to he's got he's got to go back to the drawing boards on a lot of those positions, yeah. and well, he's got to quit covering for DJ. DJ's got to either be a quarterback or he's got to, you know, press on, mm-hmm. find other pastures. I don't know, but yeah, he's got a problem. So anyway, we uh, but that was uh, a painful game to watch. At least I didn't have to drive home from Clemson after watching my Tigers go down and uh, to a close one. Should have been a, a victory, but it wasn't. But anyway. Another story for another time. Uh, interesting thing that we talk about on this show often, y'all. Oh, by the way, Glenn, did you know that there's a couple of SpaceX launches coming up? Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually just uh, saw a testing of um, the most powerful rocket ever. Uh, I think there's 16 rockets on it, something like that. I, I, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it's like the heavy lift, the, yeah. ult, the whatever they call it. But yeah. yeah, but there's a Falcon 9 launch coming up on uh, December 6th. That's in three days. That it's that's at twenty two thirty seven UTC, and I think we're six hours behind that, I believe. So be about uh, early what early evening for us. You got me <laughs> a little early for math, there, buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's early for math. Anyway, you also got a Falcon nine, um, a Falcon nine launch on December seven from both from well, it's it says one is Kennedy Space Center, the next is Cape Canaveral. I thought Kennedy and Cape. I thought they were too. We're the same thing. Maybe there's just two different launch yeah. pads there. Yeah, two different launch pads. But the, uh, the other one would be Wallops Island. Yeah, one day. on December 6th, one on December 7th. So a couple of opportunities to catch that. If yeah. uh, I like, I want to get the kids out to go out on the beach and watch yeah. that. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, this, it, whenever SpaceX decides to, uh, I mean, there's just so much going on with the space. You know, we talked about the uh, X-34B or whatever, the little 30-foot by 15-foot wingspan space shuttle that... You know, yeah, went up on a the mission. The Defense Department. Not, um, I think the Navy or the Air Force. Air Force uh, space but, plane. Yeah, but it was up for over 900 days, you know. That's, yeah. That's amazing. That's impressive. And then it comes back and lands. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you see the new B-21 bomber? I have not. Yeah, that's it's a, that's a wild-looking machine. Um, interesting. That's the first new bomber that we have introduced in 30 years. You kind of get the feeling, uh, Glenn, that we're getting back into a Cold War mentality. And I guess we have no choice in that, but uh, a different sort of mentality seems to be setting in at the moment. And that's uh, something that we've not been accustomed to uh, in this country for quite a while. You know, you and I are children of the Cold War. We grew up thinking that Cold Wars were sort of nominal things. It's just kind of what we were, what we did. Except in elementary school, you know, when we did the air raids and got under our, well, actually we would go out in the hallway, tuck and curl up against the wall cover yeah. your head like, i think i think by the time i hit elementary school they had decided that that was psychologically damaging to children well and, and we okay quit, and we quit doing it well <laughs> and i i always wondered why do they want us all to die in the same position well yeah why do they want us to die out here in the hallway <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i'd rather be sitting at my desk so one of the things we talk about folks on this show many times and it's an important lesson is the value the uh, imperative of truth in society. You know, it's one of the things we talk about often because you can't have constitutional republic rest on the rule of law. You can't have a constitutional republic. You can't be free in a, in a, in a limited representative democracy without the rule of law. That's why we have laws to protect people 
from others who would do them harm, from people who would abuse their power, their authority, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so you can't have but you can't have the rule of law without truth. We've talked about this many times mm-hmm. for all things that happen in this world. There's one set of things that actually happen. There's a there's an, you know, an infinite set of things that don't happen. But there's one reality. There's one truth. And think about the criminal justice system or the civil justice system. It's the justice system is based on two sides telling two versions of the same story, mm-hmm. arguing for what they believe to be the truth. You have to have truth. There has to be some point where we all agree on for whatever fact we're discussing that this one thing is what actually happened. Now, we don't always agree on everything, but the idea that there is truth is extremely important. We've talked about it a lot, a, a lot on this show many times, and, and you, can't, you can't have a constitutional republic if everybody doesn't buy into the idea that there is one truth. One of the things, and of course, there's truth, little t, that's just the idea that, that there's one thing that happened. Uh, for any particular moment in history. Now, there's capital T truth. That's a whole, that's the truth. That's the truth that will set you free when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. That's what he there. So there's little T truth. There's capital T truth. That's the truth. That's the gospel. That's the truth that will set you free. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that those who believe in him will not perish but shall have eternal life. That's, all, that's, a, that's a particular kind of truth. That's the, that's the uh, quintessential truth. That's the ultimate truth with a capital T. But in a, in a broader sense, there has to be truth uh, that we agree upon as a reality, a common shared reality, or the rule of law means nothing because law is the combination of law and facts, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't have law by itself. You have to have facts. We have to agree on. And one of the things that happened this week uh, was a press conference where we saw uh Corinne Jean-Pierre, speaking on behalf of our so infirmed president, uh, speaking about the president's uh, visits to the border. He'd been, she'd been asked a series of questions by Fox's uh, Peter Ducey. And Ducey had said, uh, basically, uh, when's the last time that the president has been to the border? Right. He said, uh, this was on Wednesday. Thank you, Corinne. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, referring to... Uh, uh, Speaker of the House, soon to be, says that he invited President Biden down to the border. Has the president RSVP'd? Laughter. Of course, Jean-Pierre um, uh, laughs at the question. Uh, Ducey again. Well, we know, we know the president has never been down to the border. The possible next Speaker of the House says he wants him to go with him. So... Uh, is he going to go? So he's, you know, he's pressing on the question. So here's here's what Jean-Pierre said in response. I'm sure many of you have heard it already, but let's just listen to what Jean-Pierre said in response. So, look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. Uh, and since he took office, when, when did he go to the border? since he took office, the President Biden has been uh, taking action to fix our immigration system and secure our border. But, you know, that we're not seeing that from Republicans. We're not seeing a willingness to work with us on on, um, you know, fixing a situation that's been around uh, for decades now. So. I want, I want, and let's just listen to this. Listen. So look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. Uh, he's been there. He's yeah. been to the border. Yeah. 
just like Kamala has been to the border. You've seen many. You've seen oh. all the press coverage mm-hmm. of the president uh, swimming in the Rio Grande, yeah. <laughs> saving people, saving yeah. people on a horse. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I, I'm listening to this. I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we just kind of crossed the Rubicon with these people. Yeah, um, this is a this is an important moment, y'all. This is significant. You know, there's always going to be spin it, whenever a politician and a microphone are in close proximity you can anticipate that there will be a certain amount of spin in whatever verbiage uh, may enter your ears. But we never, in my recollection, Glenn, we've never had a president. I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre mm-hmm. paid pretty decent money yeah. to, stand, to stand up and be a spokespiece for the president of the United States to talk to the world. And there she is. She's like, we all know. You can look at the records. You can look at the Secret Service logs. He has not been to the border. Now, now they're trying to claim now that there was some kind of drive-by, drive-by where, he right, like, right. where he like passed yeah. by, passed yeah. through the area. Yeah. But he has not been to the border. He hasn't been to the border as president. He never even been to the border as vice president. Kamala hasn't been to the to the border. Well, she supposedly did go to the border, just the wrong border. Yeah, <laughs> the wrong border. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She went to go to the root cause. Yeah, but the problem. Uh, Glenn, is if that is where we are, and and nobody, with the exception of Ducey, seemed to even uh, understand the seriousness of the moment. But when we have a president of the United States that is willing, through his spokesperson, to stand there and tell a ball-faced lie, that's a serious moment. Well, the, Jen Psaki did it all the time, too, and, and with a straight face, which, I mean, they should get Academy Awards for their, or Oscars for their their acting skills to do that to lie like that to the american people with a straight face and and to and to not have general uproar in the media right that's that's where we are and so you think about this you think and you're right i mean they've stood up there and they've said the border is secure huh? right they i mean that's a lie right but you can at least argue that you know hey i suppose on some very limited definition you could say the border is secure from some things i don't know I'm, I'm, I'm speculating but ask yourself how if that's what jen Psaki and now corinne jean pierre mm-hmm. does on behalf of the president how is our uh propaganda arm in this country different from what putin does or what the ccp does in china right we 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 actually can see the pathway you know with jen Psaki, what you go to cnn or msp ns msnbc i think she's at msnbc yeah and so um jean pierre you know she's just doing her job so that it's kind of like you know you're dressing for your next position if you are in a a blue collar job that you want to be a manager or somebody you might come to work dressed a little better like for your next position so that you're noticed yeah um all they're doing is just setting up the well they're lying to the american people but they're also setting themselves up for the next job because we know the media lies yeah Um, there was somebody who was talking about this i'd give them a a hat uh tip i can't remember who i heard somebody talking about this online and they were referring to uh, i don't before my time but the mccarthy hearings uh during the red scare i mm -hmm. guess during the 50s and there was some guy i can't remember his name who ultimately had the courage to take on mccarthy and mccarthy was up there spewing his lies presumably in a committee hearing or on the in the well somewhere in the in the halls of congress and the guy stood up and said you know uh senator have you no shame have you no shame and i just want you want to stand up 
and you want to get in front of the president, you want to get in front of Corinne Jean-Pierre mm-hmm. and say, you know, have you guys no shame? Yeah, I've heard that actually that quote uh, a couple of times recently uh, from, you know, different radio shows or something yeah. that you listen to. You can't run a government this no. way, Glenn. Not if you want not if you want that government to stand for freedom. Right. You can't run a government that way. And we don't as a nation, we have very little faith in our leadership right now. I'm thinking that maybe, you know that picture of Putin on horseback with no shirt? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe Joe should head down to the border, take his shirt off, jump on horseback, and, you know. Swim a, the Rio Grande. Yeah, do a photo op, you know, with him rounding up some illegals, and maybe that would help. But can you imagine that picture? I, I, he can't ride a bicycle. I mean, can you imagine Joe Biden trying to ride a horse? <laughs> I hope it's got training wheels. That's all I'll say. Uh, there was one other little bit I wanted to share with you, but we'll get to that after the break. Folks, it's Saturday morning coffee. We're talking about truth. And I can tell you this, truly, if the good Lord is willing and the creek doesn't rise, we'll be back in a few minutes after these words from our sponsors. Stick with us. This is Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. And more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Liz Callaway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership. It's our favorite time of the year. We're collecting toys. The United States Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots program is collecting new unwrapped toys for less fortunate children in our community. And Conway Ford is a major drop-off location. We need your help more than ever this year. Help us put a smile on a child's face this Christmas. Over 100 pre-owned vehicles in stock and new inventory arriving daily. Conway Ford, exceeding expectations every day. Merry Christmas. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd. We're talking today with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, a lot of folks seem to be nervous about rising interest rates. They've come up substantially this year. What's happening at the moment, and where do you see things headed? Well, you're right, Reese. People are a little nervous, a little skittish because of the rising interest rates. However, right now, there's opportunities for buyers. They've got less competition when they go out shopping right now. Secondly, sellers that need to sell their homes, and there's a lot of them, they're willing to negotiate unlike when rates were low. And lastly, there's creative lending opportunities when you're with the right lender that can help you buy down that rate, get seller credits at closing. There's lots of great opportunity in the market to be a buyer right now. So if we can help you buy or sell in this market, give us a call at 843-251-2693 or go to gregsisson.com and schedule a call. Folks, that's great advice from Greg Sisson. gregsisson.com, your choice for real estate experts here on the Grand Strand. Let me cry like the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven. And I've never been the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna climb a mountain. I'm gonna shout about it. I have a child of love. I found the world of freedom. I found a friend in Jesus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, 741 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the big show. I want to remind you guys that coming up in the second hour, 
Uh, we are going to be talking to Ed Lehman. Ed is an attorney in Beijing, China. He's a friend of the show and listens to us. And he's been an update on kind of what's happening in China. Obviously, much has gone on there uh, this week, sort of shadows of Tiananmen Square. People are uh, surprisingly, uh, Glenn, tired of being locked up in their apartment for, uh, for you know, defending a uh, def- defending supposedly the country against a vaccine that is going to come and go anyway. Most of us have gotten it already and, and are either, if we haven't gotten it, you're just eventually you're going to get it. And locking people up in their apartment buildings uh, is not going to prevent that from happening. Yeah. So, you know, it's, but, eight, it's 842 on the third in uh, Beijing, China right now. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it's 842 or 742. In, in Beijing, it, it, I just looked it up. It's, oh, you know what? Uh, daylight savings time. Yeah, we yeah. lost daylight savings yeah. time. I'm used to a a um, a 12-hour split, but right. now we lost daylight savings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now they're out an hour ahead of us. Uh, more Well, on the other side of the clock, yeah. Yeah. they're an hour ahead of us. <clears throat> so, yeah, it used to be because, uh, yeah, we we actually have a fair amount of work in China and deal with various folks over there at the firm. And so it's always interesting. I'm always, I can early morning and late in the evening, mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can get things done. And there's a, uh, a, 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 you know, whole section in the middle of the day where, you know, people are out of pocket because it's two o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. You know, so right. anyway, so we'll be talking to Ed a little bit later in the show. Looking forward to his update. We're also going to be talking to Josh uh, Kimbrell. Josh is a member of the South Carolina Senate. Josh is going to be giving us a preview of the upcoming legislative session. So we'll uh, look forward to speaking to Josh in the second hour of the show. One of the things we were talking about just before the break, Glenn, was this importance, uh, this idea of truth and how everything hangs on truth. The civil justice system, the rule of law, constitutional government hangs on this idea that there is, you can't always agree on it, we can't always agree on it, but that there is one truth. For any question, there is, generally speaking, one set of facts that actually did occur. Mm-hmm. We talked about how a court, that's what, that's what a court is. It's two yeah. versions arguing for the jury's uh, belief that their version is the correct version. Yeah. So everything hangs on that. And if you can't trust, I mean, there's always been spin in the halls of Congress, in the White House press briefing room, in the, in the State House, your local general, your local county county council chambers, politicians spin. It's like Geico. That's what they do. Okay. And I get that. Yeah. But we have generally, in my estimation, in this country, had such a respect for the democratic little d principles that undergird the foundations of a free society, that undergird the foundations of our government, that there were certain like depths to which politicians would generally try not to go and, and literally ball face lies to the populace, to the world has generally been something that most politicians have steered because you can't have government. If you can't rely on some level on what your president tells you, you can't have a government. You can't rely on what your your congressman tells you. Government doesn't work and uh, they can spin it. They can spin it. They can put the truth in the light most favorable to them. We would expect that. But you got to have some level of trust between the governor and the governed. Or otherwise, the consent of the governed means nothing. You can't have, how can you have informed consent if you can't even trust what's coming out of their mouth? Yeah. And then that, that made me think, Glenn, you know, all this stuff is tied together. We talk about this a lot on the show, a lot on the show. All these dots on some level are connected. The, the, the connection's not always Clear. Fr- front and center. Right. 
But the connections are there. And we live in a society, this is part of our problem, a big part of our problem. We live in a society where truth is simply an eroding idea. Truth is under assault, both at the political podium, but just generally speaking in society. We're living in a world today where people are choosing their own truth. Mm-hmm. You know, but frankly, the Bible says that, you know, that that's going to happen. People will exchange truth for a lie. Scriptures tell us that. And so, but we see that happening. And I was thinking, you know what, this to me is, is just one example. Uh, you know, we was listening to, uh, I follow the libs of tip TikTok (laughs) on, uh, Twitter. And, uh, this one, uh, this one caught my attention. (laughs) This is a, a, a very pretty man. Uh, it's a transgender individual, but he's a man, but he's telling us, he's going to tell y'all that there is no such thing as uh, biological sex. I thought this was an interesting really? uh, scientific explication. You guys will, you guys will learn a lot. So take notes while he speaks. Biological sex is fake. Yes, we all know that. This is a man, by the way, and I, I wish you guys could see the graphic, but mm. trust me, it's a man. Biological sex is fake. Yes, we all know that gender roles are fake. But do not say to a trans person, biologically male, born female, male-bodied. No, 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 no. There is no... <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's nice. nice. Yeah. No, 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 no. There is no biological criteria for gender that is both universal and a binary in human beings. Where does that leave us? Mm. Free. 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 And and, and so you heard what he said. Uh, You heard what they said. Uh, There's no biological distinction that is universal and binary in humans. I mean, that means nothing. Glenn, you mean, are there rare exceptions? Do people, are there birth defects? Do people get, I mean, are, are there occasional, uh, you know, just like any other deformity, are there things that don't match up perfectly to our idea of, uh, of yeah. a man or a woman at birth? Yeah. We have those things that do happen, but you know, it's interesting to me. He said, where does that leave us? And he said, freedom. And that's where this leftist ideology is taking us. They want to take us to the point where there is no truth, right. where there is no reality. So are they questioning that um, maybe Adam uh, was trans, you know, that God created man and woman, and maybe, you know, <laughs> one of them was not really the right... I, I, well, I, would, I just I would, don't know where they get their thoughts from if you just look at the Bible and, well, and I'll, science. I'll tell you, Glenn, this is not a theological show necessarily, but it's demonic. It, yeah. is, it is truly demonic. It really is. It is truly demonic because those people would tell you, you say, well, what if you ask them about Adam and God creating in the Bible does say in Genesis, male and female, he created them. He doesn't doesn't say male and female and 37 other ways he created them. It says male and female, he created them. And yes, there are illnesses that impact our our reproductive systems. There are birth defects that impact our reproductive systems. These things happen. Nobody's going to deny that. But does that mean that there are 37 genders? No, it does not. But these folks, the, the, the theory that, that, that was eliminated, illuminated, excuse me, not eliminated. It would be nice if it were. But what, what that speaks to is when he says, there, what, freedom, 
You know, their idea of freedom is a world with no standards. Right. No standards. And, and, it, and by the way, if there's no standards for gender, it's not just gender. We're, we're going to be talking about no standards for anything, really. And, and it'll be in the realm of uh, sexuality and personal liberty and in the bedroom and freedom and that, that sort of thing at first. But it will very soon explode into every other area of yeah. life. That's the idea. You erode all standards because there is no truth. And if there is no truth, then anything, whatever you define, is your reality. And if there's no truth, how can anybody check that against an objective standard? They can't. It's like Dostoevsky said, if God does not exist, then everything is permissible. Yeah. The baseline keeps changing. Yeah. If, if that makes any sense. I mean, the world, yeah. the world will change. The word of God will never change. Absolutely. The word of God doesn't change with the world. The we'll, world give you, we'll give you the uh, yeah. ding for that. Yeah. The perfect and immutable word of God will never change. It's the one thing we can hang our hat on. Yeah. Folks, it's Saturday morning coffee. Stick with us. A lot more to talk about here on uh, the program today. Got uh, more Twitter news to discuss with you and Apple updates. So let's get back to it. After these words from our sponsors, I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you hear a lot in the news today about ESG. What exactly is ESG and why is it important for investors? Well, it stands for environmental, social, and governance. And you would think those were good things, but the way companies are using it today would probably stand against most of our clients and any moderate to conservative out there. Most companies seek to maximize value for shareholders, correct? Correct. And you need to make sure the companies you own do just that, because that is becoming a thing of the past. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services. If you'd like an x-ray of your portfolio, be in touch. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 755 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us here on the big show. So a lot uh, to get to today. Wanted to uh, touch on this uh, unfolding Twitter uh, explosion, the dump that I'm calling it. 
Uh, it is unbelievable, folks. Elon Musk unveils Twitter censorship machine uh, from 2020. Twitter's new owner, Elon, this from the Epoch Times, Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, and independent journalist Matt Tiabi on Friday. Uh, and Matt Tiabi's Substack is is where you want to find this. I'll post a link to uh, Tiabi's Substack on the uh, Saturday Morning Coffee uh, page on Facebook, but that's where you want to find these documents if you want to read them firsthand. Friday uh, unveiled what drove former Twitter executives to suppress the New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story in the weeks leading up to the 2020 presidential election. Dab the Twitter files. Tiabi published his reporting in a thread on his Twitter account, which he said was based on thousands of internal documents obtained by sources from the social media platform. The tweets contain communications amongst Twitter employees as they grappled with how to excuse their decision to censor the Hunter Biden report. Here's what's remarkable, Glenn, about these revelations that we're seeing. And, and Elon said he would do this and that's why he's been vilified which we haven't gotten to the apple thing but you know apple literally wanted to pull twitter off the app store mm-hmm. and i think if apple frankly this is they wanted the, to commit parlor on them yeah they wanted to parlor yeah and and i believe frankly if apple had not gotten so much pushback from the public when when Elon let it leak that that, that he was in a spat with Tim Cook and right. that apple was thinking about pulling twitter I think if Apple had gotten away with that, Google would have pulled Twitter from the Google Play Store. Yeah. And Twitter would suddenly be another parlor yep. trying to figure out how to sustain a user base. Yep. But what these revelations show, folks, are that not only were was Twitter censoring its users, even suspending accounts, some of which are still suspended, yeah. even to this day. Yeah. Many accounts at Twitter still suspended from the from the 2020 election. But doing it in concert with the Democratic National Committee, representatives from the DNC, representatives from the Biden campaign and the FBI, working hand-in-hand, hand, not just with the government, with law enforcement, but with the Democratic presidential candidate's campaign. Yeah. I think this is the biggest scandal Perhaps in American history, this is incredibly well. They've affected the election, and I bet our national health. Just saying, that's going to come out too. Oh yeah. yeah. So, a lot to deal with, folks. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Die. Don't leave town. Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand This is 94.5 WTKN. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. Saturday morning coffee. 
The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee 807 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us on the big show. Second bonus cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. In just a moment, we're going to be talking to Ed Lehman, as promised. Wanted to share something with you. Just got a text from one of our listeners. On, on I got this on my cell phone. He was talking about the midterm elections. And, you know, we've been a little bit theological this morning, Glenn. I, I've been in a bit of a funk since the midterms, because I think it's fair to say, even though Republicans took the House, most of us were hoping and praying that we would do better. I was hoping that we would have a majority in the Senate, wasn't expecting a filibuster-proof majority, didn't think we'd have, you know, more than 60, but I thought we'd have a a slim majority in the Senate, perhaps, was hoping for a bigger majority, hoping for more seats to be picked up in the House. We, you know, we picked up the majority. We did not pick up the number of seats. I think, uh, you know, many people were, were, were predicting 20, 25 feet, 25 seat pickup. Yeah, I and, know. And, and the uh, tsunami. And the, yeah, the, the red way, tsunami. Yeah. We've talked about that many times. But, you know, one of the things, like many of you, I've been in a little bit of a funk since the election because I was disappointed by the results. Made a little bit of, we gained a little bit of ground, but we, this is not time in my estimation, for incremental improvement. We need real fundamental change. We need people in the halls of Congress, the House and the Senate, who will pursue what we've been talking about today, Glenn, who will pursue truth, who will have hearings on what has happened at the southern border, who will have hearings on what Mayorkas means when he says the southern border is secure, (laughs) who will have hearings on how the Pfizer vaccine was approved and, and and the review process and the various influences at work at the FDA and the review committees there. We need hearings on those things, and we need a government, a a leadership team on both the House and the Senate side, which, by the way, is so critical that we win this race in Georgia because that will determine the committee makeup and how the committees are structured. And uh, so we we have to win that seat. I'm, you know, uh, whatever you guys can do to help Herschel in the home stretch, please consider making a small contribution, whatever you can do, because that's an incredibly important race. The only remaining uh, seat in Congress in play is the Georgia Senate seat, hopefully to be held by Herschel Walker. But, uh, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, if you've been in a funk like me uh, since the midterms, Back to theology for a moment. Glenn, we serve a sovereign God. And at the end of the day, and I mean the the end of days, at the end of it all, we know that Jesus is coming back and he's going to fix these problems. And in the interim, politics is never going to cure these problems completely. There is no political fix to that which ails us. I mean, 
it just isn't, right. you know? And so no matter how bad things seem or how bad things get, folks, we always have hope. You know, the Bible says always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. The hope that lies within me is the hope that I have in my Savior. And there is no other reliable hope that we can point to. But we can continue to work and fight uh, in the trenches to make this world a more sufferable place uh, while we are here. So want to switch gears to what is happening in China, segueing from tech into the China question. Want to get an update from our friend Ed Lehman on what's happening in China. But we've been talking about big tech this morning and the uh, incredible censorship that's been undertaken both by Twitter and and but it's not just Twitter, folks. It's other entities as well. Little experiment I did during the break, Glenn. I went to two search engines. Went to Google and I searched China news and and clicked on the news tab. That's at the Google search engine. That's the one most of you incorrectly use. Then I went to DuckDuckGo, which is my search engine of choice. If you go to DuckDuckGo and search China news and click on the news tab, you get multiple stories about the current political unrest in China. This is at DuckDuckGo. The, the first hit on the news tab is the power of China's blank sheets of paper. That's an article from Foreign Policy uh, on the current um, crisis in China. Then it talks about uh, the next article, what China's zero COVID policy means for the pandemic in China, the rest of the world. Um, China's easing of COVID curbs does not solve Xi Jinping's dilemma. Zero COVID policy is costing China its role. Uh, China's Z acknowledges COVID frustration calls by protest and hints at relaxing rules. Um, how deadly fire ignited dissent over China's zero COVID policy. After fanning COVID fears, China must now try to allay them. Finally, leaked document shows China eyeing three key dates for protest crackdown. That's what you can get at the tip of a mouse click uh, by going to DuckDuckGo. If, on the other hand, you go to Google search, you can scroll through the entire first page and you won't even be aware that political protests are underway in China. These are the, these are the articles. China integrated arms systems match for South Korean rivals. Question. Uh, your Saturday UK briefing. London shuns China lions advance. Apple makes plans to move production out of China. Also a reference to what wonder, we've been talking about I wonder what, how about much news Ed is getting, um, you know, in China. Yeah. You know? So, And so the point being, you're getting two very different views of the world, folks, depending on whether you're on uh, DuckDuckGo or Google. You need to ditch Google, folks. Yeah. Google is not part of the I solution. think their day is coming, too. Yeah. So speaking of China, here on the program this morning, we are joined by our good friend Ed Lehman. Ed is a friend of the show, listens, and is a current uh, contributor, contributes frequently, or at least been on the show before to talk about the current situation in the PRC, the People's Republic of China. So, Ed, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Great to have you with us. Hey, great to be here, guys. I'm, I'm just, it's always a pleasure and I love listening to your show. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's morning coffee for you. It's morning. It's not so much morning for us 13 hours later, but, uh, but we got the spirit of what's going on in, in Myrtle Beach. And, and like you said, I mean, uh, earlier, Reese, I mean, all tyranny needs to gain a foothold is for people of good conscience to remain silent. Yep. I mean, and, and for Amen. folks not participating in the election and for folks not participating, uh, you know, in, in what's going on in, in our country and, you know, where I'm from and, and where, where you guys are there right now. 
um, you know, is not to participate in, in the election in Georgia and, and, and bad things are going to happen. And uh, it's the same thing that's that's happening in China. I mean, I've been here for, um, you know, for decades and I saw the unrest that happened in 1989. And, and uh, that was kind of a confluence of events that um, that led to to the issues uh, at Tiananmen Square. And um, and certainly, you know, there there are. Uh, you know, what, what does it say? Mark Twain says that uh, history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it rhymes. And um, hmm. and so we've got a situation here. And uh, earlier, it was remarked on what, what we're hearing here. And, you know, we're in a situation where... Uh, and Ed, let me, let me interrupt you one second. You're, you're, in, right. you're in Beijing, yep. correct? That's correct. Yeah. That's exactly correct. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, and I just want to make sure our listeners understand where you're calling from. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm right. In Chaoyang District in Beijing, for those of you who are, are in the neighborhood, you can just pop in. Just drop um, by. No, it's, it's quite, it's exactly, it's quite a big place. But uh, the, the Chaoyang District, I mean, it's the, the whole area probably uh, of Beijing is, is just so people can get their arms around it. It's, uh, it's about the size of Rhode Island. So it's, we're a municipality that's under the central government. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started in the 80s in Shanghai and then moved up to, to Beijing in, in 1992. And then I've lived up here ever since. But we have offices around China, and primarily in Beijing and Shanghai and Hong Kong. Um, and, but I've, I've lived in Beijing since since 92. And um, But, uh, yeah, just going back to what we're hearing here is, I mean, there's always been um, a, a level of censorship. And I, and I have asked, and I've, I've, I've been a contributor to China media for probably 25 years now, going on 25 years on, on television, on radio, um, and on their new media as well. And mostly talking about legal issues um, and how they affect foreign people and the foreign um, mm-hmm. understanding. And we're, we're allowed as, I'm a lawyer just like, like you are, Reese, and um, you know, we're allowed to, to make comments on the different laws, regulations, and policies, whether they listen to us is another thing, but, um, you know, and, and, and give comments to the government, which, which we do. But, um, but my point is, is that, um, yeah, we don't, we, we get a, d- a different version of, of what's going on. And, and, and to a certain extent, like you were talking about DuckDuckGo and Google, um, not very much unlike that. I mean, and, and I asked China media folks, I said, hey, you know that there is censorship on on your uh, on your channel there, and and you know you guys block different types of things. And they said, well, you know, you guys do that in your country as well. And I'm like, I don't think we do. And uh, and their comment was, well, you don't have you know uh, child pornography, and you don't have a bunch of different things that they had named, uh, you know, that, that are eliminated. And they just said, you know, we have a larger population. I'm just telling you their mind. So we have a larger mm-hmm. population, 1.4 billion or 3 billion folks, and. Um, you know, we have to sort of protect them from themselves. And so we're doing that just like you're protecting your population. In, but it's a much smaller band of protection. I'm just, again, I mean, I think that what most folks don't understand, you know, I mean, I, I've lived more now in China than I lived in the United States. But the, the one thing is, is the values and the Judeo-Christian understanding that we have, um, you know, is is the basis of our country. I mean, it, it absolutely is. As much as people want to deny it, yeah. Um, I often say to Chinese, I mean, if you want to have the um, the, uh, the the roadmap to the Western culture, I mean, it's the Bible. I mean, like it, don't like it, believe in God or not. Yeah. Uh, it's written by a thousand different people over a thousand years, and it's culminated into what our society is today. And and 
and that's it. And, and, and Chinese are different. I mean, meaning that they don't have that Judeo-Christian understanding. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's just a different society. So. Yeah. What, one of the things I was thinking, and this has really been brought into full relief for us, Ed, here in recent weeks. I mean, we've we've known this, frankly, but the, the, it's like now mm-hmm. we're getting the the consummate proof of the theorems. The the things that we believed are now being fleshed out right in front of us by these document dumps that Elon Musk is doing. And the and the recent things that have been we've discovered from Apple, you know, shutting down airdrop and things like that. But, you yeah. know, we've always assumed I've always come I say we, I've always come from the perspective of assuming that things that happen in China or the Soviet Union, now Russia did not happen here because we were a country based on ideals of personal liberty, freedom, limited constitutional government. And what we're finding is that, you know, it's like the great firewall of China that we've always read about. The same things are happening here and being done within our uh, within the borders of the good old U.S. of A. We just haven't been privy to the process. And for instance, just what we're learning about Twitter, these tools that were developed at Twitter, they did it initially in the name of being able to, you know, stamp out, for example, child pornography on Twitter. And, and I think we would all agree that you need tools like that, but then no sooner were these tools developed than they started getting requests from the white house and politicians to squelch various strains of, of speech and thought and dissent. And you can't do that in a free country. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and you, I mean, you couldn't, what happens is it's coming in, it appears to me as, as, an, as an American that lives mm-hmm. outside of America, from what your situation is, is that uh, you guys were like a frog sitting in a slow boil in, in, the, in the pot. I mean, yeah. and all of a sudden you just you, you woke up and you're like, wait a minute, I think we're, we're boiling here. Uh, yeah. To your, no, and, and, and to your comment, what, I think I think we've realized that finally, if we will, if people are awake, yeah. you know, we tell people to to get awake, not woke. But if people are awake, they will realize it. To your to your comment about uh, the Bible being the roadmap to America, I could not agree with you more. And I tell people, look, I don't care. I do care, but you don't have to be a believer per se to appreciate the fact that the Constitution was written primarily or almost exclusively, if not exclusively by people who came from who were religious dissenters who came from the judeo-christian heritage and you don't have to be a believer to appreciate that fact because if your constitution had been written by atheist or written by communist uh, you wouldn't enjoy the freedoms that you've enjoyed for 250 years you'd you'd be living under somebody's thumb right now and and that's that's something that even a secular humanist can appreciate i would think you know no, it, it, absolutely. And I mean, and the other thing is that you don't really realize stuff until it's taken away from you. And I just wanted, uh, that's the whole thing. You said you were, you guys had woken up in a funk after the election, as did I, watching from abroad. And I mean, I thought it was going to be the tsunami. I thought it was going to be whatever folks were saying it was going to be, my friends and my, uh, you know, folks that I, my relatives back in America. And it didn't turn out to be that way. And again, I think it's, it's one of those things where people, you know, are, are getting passive and, and that's what that happens and, and people are standing by. And I, I think what, what you're seeing now with China is, is you know, that folks don't want to, they finally had a, a little bit of all that with regards to the regulations. And uh, it, it's a very uh, interesting situation because you've got, um, even even where I live, I mean, there uh, so there's, you have to have a, 
an application on your phone, and you have to have, to be able to walk around the city. And then if you get it, if you get into the red zone, um, you know, then you're you're prohibited from from leaving that particular area, um, or because you've come in contact with somebody. It's almost like a sci-fi movie. Um, you know, wow. so people can get stuck in in an IKEA store. People, you know, so if there's somebody who tests positive there and that store and has the red yeah. thing, then they'll shut down the entire store, and some folks would be stuck there for the weekend. And then different compounds uh, get get locked up. I mean, literally locked up. And I think you, your listeners have probably heard that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we've lost in in Beijing. We've lost about sixty percent of the foreigners. I mean, when I got here, there were very few foreigners. And then uh, about about sixty percent of the the general population that lives here, there are foreigners. And uh, and in Shanghai, I think it's something like fifty uh, percent. So, I mean, it's. The, the numbers of folks that are putting up with this are uh, are, are for foreign folks. I mean, that don't have to or just are just leaving. And then yeah. there's folks who I mean, I probably read that Jack Ma, the guy with Alibaba. I mean, uh, the CEO. So he's now in Japan. So a yeah. lot of folks who have the wherewithal, but the middle leave. class, which is the shock absorber for all our societies. I mean, uh, which is like 300 or 400 million people in China. They're the ones who kind of are suffering because uh, we've got a controlled economy. We've got, uh, you know, these, this COVID lockdown is, I think our office in Shanghai was closed for 76 days. That's just us. But it's oh, my goodness. The courts and the uh, Ed, let me stop you. Let yeah. me stop you right there before before you go further. Can sure. we, we've got to take a short, obscene profit timeout. Can you stick with us through a break and we'll be right back? <laughs> you know it. All right. Very you good, folks. We're talking to Ed Lehman, attorney in Beijing, China. We'll be right back with more of Mr. Lehman after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, and we're talking to Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, it seems like a lot of folks are concerned about rising interest rates. It seems to be a challenging time in the real estate market. What would your advice be to folks who maybe want to get in the market, but they're concerned? Boy, great question, Reese. The market has definitely shifted. Everybody knows that. And let's face it, the past two years, you could list your home at any price, in any condition, with any agent, and it's going to sell in an hour and a half with three offers above asking, right? Well, it's not like that anymore. I've been through multiple real estate ups and downs. The biggest one in 08, 09, and 10. I think the public, the sellers that are looking to sell their home, they need experience right now more than ever to navigate through this challenging market we're in and into the future. Folks, that's great advice from Greg Sisson. Reach them online at gregsisson.com or schedule an appointment at 843-251-2693. gregsisson.com, your choice for real estate experts here on the Grand Strand. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 828 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Talking this morning to Ed Lehman. Ed is an attorney in Beijing, China, friend and a friend of the show, listens to us and occasionally calls in to give us uh, the take from uh, Beijing. So, Ed, thanks again for sticking with us. I hope uh, hope your long distance bill just send us a, yeah. send us a, send us yeah. a, send us a receipt. We'll <laughs> yeah, get we'll get that a, taken care of. Hey, uh, it, Ed, listen, it's well well worth it, Glenn. Hey, yeah, hey, Glenn. That, love, Ed, you've got friend, a lot. Friend, love, love. You've got a lot more neighbors than the people of Rhode Island. Uh, if Beijing is the size of Rhode Island, Rhode Island has about a million. People in the population, yeah. you have twenty-one and a half million neighbors in Beijing, China, compared to one million in Rhode Island for the same size. That's that's not uh, blows my mind. That's not small. That's not well, small. That's that means Beijing is significantly larger larger than South Carolina on a that's like what six million people. I, I can't even remember four million people in South Carolina. Anyway, um, go ahead, Ed. Every one of them friendly, by the way. Yeah. It, 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 no, no. It, it, what's, what's interesting is. I mean, about Glenn's comment is that the number when you when you're traveling around China and you come in and you say, "Hey, you know, how many folks live, live here in Beijing?" and everyone kind of scratches their head. You know, you ask a Chinese and then they're scratching their head. And uh, you know, we're always proud. I, I come from the city of Chicago. I'm ashamed to say that, but I mean, it's, it's <laughs> now you deteriorated. Are. Yeah, we have a saying: every 70 seconds, somebody leaves the state of Illinois for good. <laughs> but um, but the the um, the fact is, is that the statistics themselves, so there's lies, bigger lies, and then there's statistics. So you have to actually have an ability to live in the city. And so they sort of under-report what the city is itself. Because in order to tra- – and I just want people from South Carolina to understand this. I mean, you, in order to live in Beijing, you have to have the ability to live in Beijing and have the what they call the family book located in that city or else – you don't get social welfare benefits. You don't get, uh, you know, you don't get plugged into schools. You don't get plugged in anything. If you're from a different city, you have to stay there. Like the time of Christ, you, they had to go back for the census, right? Yeah. And um, you, you have to remain in that city. And so those numbers even are underreported at 21 million. It would be another five or six or seven million people, which is like the size of the city of, of Manhattan, you know, of, of New York. Yeah. Um, that, that are not reported here. So, I mean, it, just to tell you about the anomalies about, what we're facing here in China is we don't get the right numbers or not write anything um, about what's happening here. Yeah, precisely. you know, and and I listened with interest as you were speaking about the tools that are employed through your smartphone. Yeah, and everybody obviously has a yeah. smartphone, and they can track your location. You enter a hot zone, you can be quarantined on the fly basically as you said which is i mean uh, unbelievable if you think about it you could it. be in a store yeah you, know, you, you could be you know you can and, and and you could be in your workplace and and, and uh the workplace could be completely walled off and, and be walled off for days I, I think people just don't understand it i mean i've said it to my family members said it's friends um and, and we restock quite often and, and i'm just saying that uh i don't think it sinks in until it comes onto the under the uh media in, in america finally but um, but like I said, the, the, the office has been closed on and off. The, the compounds where folks live in are, if there's somebody in, you know, try to imagine a, a compound with 10 buildings with about 2000 apartments, you know, or, or mm-hmm. some crazy number of apartments in each building. If someone gets into building 10, gets the COVID, then the whole compound, which is, uh, you know, is shut down for the, all those 10 buildings. And, um, and then, you know, folks don't, aren't allowed to leave and then stuff has to be delivered. And the government does deliver some food to, to those people. 
Um, it, it just depends. And, and what we've seen also is this kind of competition, sort of a passive-aggressive thing. So some people like the leadership, some people don't like the leadership. Some mm-hmm. people use this like being hypersensitive with regards to COVID um, to be able to create, uh, um, you know, a, a, they, they call them Dabai, the, the guys in the white suits. I mean, big yeah. white. And so those white guys coming at you like a cartoon, um, they come around the buildings and they test for, for COVID or not. And, um, you know, so there, the diminishment of freedoms is, is getting to be a lot, even for Chinese who can put up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So this is Americans, like you said, I mean, we're individualistic, we're free thinkers by and large. I mean, um, and, and I think that, you know, China is more of a group mindset. The Han nationality is, is majority with 90 some odd percent, uh, one kind of people. And it's not like a rust, rustic individualistic society. It's a different, different mindset, but these folks are kind of fed up with it themselves right now. So yeah. And I think, I think, in 15 different cities. I think we're losing that by degree in the States. I, I think we are increasingly less individualistic, less self-reliant. And I, I think that's by plan, uh, according to some yeah. on the left. But, but you know, interestingly enough, Ed, we do see this convergence. You know, we're talking about all these technological um, limitations on freedom, censorship. That stuff that we assumed only happened elsewhere, I think we see it happening now before our eyes on Twitter and, and other platforms here in the States. And I'm wondering, you know, when is my cell phone and here in the States, when are they going to try to make it perform some of the same tricks you've been describing here on the show this morning? So I don't know. We're not, we're not immune. Uh, you know, we've, we've got to be vigilant here in the States to, uh, to keep these technological tools, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, threats might be a better word uh, at bay. But let me ask you this question. So the ongoing dissent, the, the unrest, however you would want me to ask the question, characterize it. Do you see that? Is there evidence of that in, in, in Beijing on a, on a day-to-day basis? Do you see any of that or is it, is it more limited? How would you describe it? Well, I would, I would, yeah, there, I mean, there is actually not far, uh, there's a river called the Yangmahe, which is, uh, which is, it's in Chaoyang district, which is sort of the central district within Beijing. Um, and, and, uh, there was a group that was there and the only reason why I know about it, which is very close to the U S embassy, uh, that, that was, you know, gathering. You remember that you can't have a gathering of more than 30 people. You can't go to, you know, foreigners, we as foreigners can't go to, you can't have Chinese come to our, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. religious services, uh, not show your passport in it. And so, uh, uh, but so they, these folks got together and, and there was a get together uh, and there was a demonstration. Let, let me just give a, 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 just a thumbnail sketch of what happened, in, which started the whole thing. So in a town called Wulamuchi, which is China, about United States and China, roughly the same geographic size, in the northwest uh, part, maybe where Seattle is, that's where Wulamuchi is. You mm-hmm. know, for us, it's, it's Seattle or over there, and Wulamuchi for them. There, there was a, the, the building in lockdown, forced lockdown, where they had you know barred in the walls and the and the doors and whatnot for folks not to be able to come in and out. Fire started, ten people died, including a couple children, and uh, and people kind of had it after that. And then there were demonstrations. There were some, up, there was something happening before that where, where some, you know, people were trying to get hospital care when, when people, compounds were locked down. Um, and that was quite aggravating, but that Wulamuchi 10, that really started it. And then there was this get together in Beijing where I live. And then in Shanghai, then on Wulamuchi street, there's a street named after that town. There was, there were folks that got together and these were on social media. So, 
one thing I want to say is that when you're using stuff for free, I mean, just so your listeners know, brand on the strand. I mean, that you become you're the you're the actual um, you're the you're product what they're selling. So yeah. that's what yeah yeah <laughs> you're the product. And so um, and with this, there's something called WeChat about only you know maybe a lot of folks in, uh, on the strand don't know what that is, but it's uh, it's kind of uh, WhatsApp on steroids, and you can you can pay for stuff on it, you can translate yeah. stuff with it, and everything else. And, but it's about a billion users, and I don't not many folks in, in South Carolina use it, but a lot of folks do it around the world. And uh, stuff was, you can put your moments on there, so it's sort of a quasi-Facebook, and you can share things. But those those were up for a little bit, and then they disappeared. And then there would be, if you wrote certain words, they couldn't be sent or they couldn't be you know received by the other party. So, I mean, that that's happening like in real time. So it was there, and then it was, it was taken away. So... Folks know that it's out there, and they're sort of, you know, the, 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 what's interesting is the more kind of roadblocks they put up for people to discuss stuff, then the more creative ways. I guess it was just like the prisoners of war in Vietnam. Um, they had a, you know, they, they said that they would do that shave and a haircut, two bits, kind of knocking on the door, that the Vietnamese couldn't get that, and that they knew that that was another fellow American as a uh, as sort of a, a password to, to communicate. But what it, my point is, is that the more robots people put up, the more clever ways the Chinese find to communicate amongst themselves, like like those prisoners of war, uh, to be able to communicate when they weren't supposed to, uh, it makes it more attractive. And the more, you know, you stop the prohibited, uh, you know, religious freedom and whatever else, then it makes people more interested. And, and it's, it's so it's, it's, I think it kind of doesn't work in their favor overall. But I think, the one thing that is getting across is that, you know, I saw 89 in the, in the run up to that. And, and, um, you know, there's something here for sure. And, and, yeah. uh, there, there, amongst all that, a fellow named John Zuman who died at 96 and he died in Shanghai, but he was brought back up. It's interesting when you die, there's a, there's a cemetery here called Baba Shan. And, um, what they, what the Chinese, what the Chinese communists say to each other is 90 million of them. So quite a lot of them. And uh, they say that they're going to go uh, when they die. They're going to go meet Marx. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, Karl Marx is buried in London, but uh, in, in the Highgate Cemetery. But out, and then you go to Bob Shan and, and you're going to meet Marx. So that's where Mr. John Zeman is, President John. Um, and I think they're going to have some support. But what's interesting about him was that he was kind of the antithesis. He was sort of the the fellow who brought. I mean, Deng Xiaoping uh, was sort of the opening, and then this this uh, John Zeman followed on with. Entering into WTO, he gave a long interview at uh, 60 Minutes, you know, years ago when he was yeah. president. And so, and, but we're sort of moving in a different direction. Now. Yeah. And so, I think people know that. And economically, that's that's where I mean, Chinese are are, are very economic minded, and uh, you know, that's where they're kind of calling it. And, and when they are annoyed and the businesses are starting to have trouble, then I think there's going to be pushback. So it, it's it's hard. Well, Ed, I always enjoy so, talking to you. I, whenever you're on the show, I always wish we had more time. I had more questions I wanted to ask you about. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Apple, but we'll get you back on the show. We always appreciate your insights from China. Stay safe, and uh, let's come back on the show soon. We'd love to hear more from you. Thank you, sir. All, all my best to everybody out in, in South Carolina. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, thanks Reese. Yes, sir. Pleasure. Have a great Thank day. day thanks, Ed. Folks, Ed Lehman dialing in from Beijing, China. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Josh Kimbrell, Senator from the South Carolina State Senate, going to be joining us, and we'll be doing that right after the break. So stick with us. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. 
Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've seen a lot of volatility in the market over the last few months. A lot of shareholder value seems to have evaporated. How are you counseling your clients to deal with tough times in a very volatile market? As long as we continue to keep our process and our planning in place, that we know where we're going and we have shifted to a get paid while you wait scenario. We've increased the dividends and the interest to get paid while you wait, but be careful of order takers and advisors or so-called salesmen with licenses out there. Have a true advisor. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services. To get real advice from a real advisor, contact them online at pylefinancialservices.com or reach them anytime at 843-945-4480. Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Gamblers in the wilderness can't follow me. Get a little restless from searching, get a little worn down in between. Food chasing the mad dogs, man left his own scheme. Everybody needs someone beside him, shining like a light out from the sea. Run, let me be your shelter, never leave you alone. I can be the one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 845 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, December 3rd. Thanks for sticking with us here on the big show. I want to give a shout out quickly to the many of you who have been texting in this morning. We had a very active list of texters this morning. A lot of comments uh, on the interview with Ed Lehman. Thank you, Ed, for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee all the way from Beijing. Um, always fascinated to talk to Ed. He's just such yeah. an interesting guy. Yeah, Mel. Checking in from the Reckless Rooster. Good morning, Mel. Crazy Greg. Checking in Popeye. Checking in James from Myrtle Beach. James, you've been real. You've been been on fire this morning. And and Uh, don't worry, James. James, I explained to him that this is therapy for you. Yeah, therapy for James is uh, commenting on the text line. Magadon checking in. Al, the real man, checking in. Uh, Cadillac Gary checking in. Tim, the car detail guy, checking in. Uh, City Girl checking in. So thank you all for uh, joining us here on the show. Lots of good comments and not able to get to all of them on the air this morning, but we do appreciate y'all's comments on the show. Right now, we're joined here on the program by one of our good friends, a friend of the show, uh, another good friend of the show, Senator Josh Kimbrell. Josh is a member of the South Carolina State Senate, and he joins us to give us a little preview of what will be coming up under the Copper Dome here in a few weeks when the legislature, the Senate, is back in session. So uh, good morning, Josh. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Well, Reese, good good to be with you, and have uh, Merry Early Christmas, I guess. We've got a while to go here, but Merry Early Christmas, and good to be back. Well, we were, at the very beginning of the show, we were shocked to admit that it was December. Uh, Josh, I can't believe it's here already, but yes, Merry Christmas to you and your family, sir. So it'll be here before you know it. Three uh, weeks and one day. Yeah, 22 <laughs> days. you got 22 days to get her done. I, got, I better get shopping. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, you are a, a, a standard bearer for conservatism and, and a voice for freedom in the General Assembly. So I always love to hear your perspective on what's coming up, what we can anticipate, what you're working on. Uh, you are a big proponent of eliminating the income tax. We've had you on the, the show a couple of times to talk about that, uh, the income tax in South Carolina. So we always love to hear from you. What's on your mind uh, today? What are you looking at to, uh, to, to be focused on uh, in January? 
Well, we're looking at, at trying to make sure South that Florida doesn't have all the fun, frankly, Reese. If I had to sum up my agenda, what I would like to see happen, what this, the kind of legislation I have pre-filed for the session and a few others I'm working on, it would be to make sure Florida doesn't have all the fun. In other words, you know, most of us who want free enterprise, who believe in limited government, who still believe in uh, our rights coming from God or some uh, traditional American principles, we look at a state like Florida and everybody thinks, okay, look at what DeSantis is doing or how Florida is uh, kind of a trailblazer and we don't want to be left behind. So I want people in this state to know that you've got some fighters here too. And we're, we are a deeply red state. We, uh, you know, we, the red wave failed to materialize across the country the way we wanted it to. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But in this state, it was a tsunami. We had the, the largest margins yes. for uh, the governor that in the last 30 years, the, the highest margin ever for a reelected Republican governor in South Carolina. You had enormous uh, gains in the House. We, of course, the Senate wasn't up for election this past time, but we still have a, a strong Republican Senate. So I believe that people want to see results, particularly now that we've gained another eight seats, uh, six to eight seats in the House, and the governor's been reelected. So we got to deliver on that, and my goal is to ensure that we do. So just a quick preview of a few things we're looking at. I've introduced legislation just this week for the 2023 session beginning in January that would permanently prohibit critical race theory in every South Carolina school. And we've had we've but we've gotten rid of it in the budget a number of times. I'm mm-hmm. trying to do a permanent statutory change now. Yeah. So that's been pre-filed. I've, I've introduced legislation that said that if you're under the age of 18, it's illegal for any medical uh, practitioner in this state to perform any form of gender reassignment to anybody under 18. If you can't buy a pack of cigarettes or vote if you're under 18, you shouldn't change your gender uh, because your parents want you to when you're five. So we're going we're gonna to go after that. We're going to try to protect children and their innocence. We're yeah. also working on appealing, uh, and we're going to continue to work to repeal the, the certificate of need. We, my friend Senator Clymer and I worked really hard on that last year. I intend to revisit that this year, and we're going to try to make sure that big hospitals aren't controlling the entire medical uh, structure of the state where people have access to choices and have access to lower-cost care. So there's a lot of things we're going to do in 23, and I believe the political will is there to finally get some things done that have been long delayed in, in South Carolina. Amen. Uh, one thing that I wanted to, and I, I, I think I agree with everything you just said there, and, and hopefully you will have much uh, success on, on, on those fronts. We have, as you said, Josh, a majority in the Senate. We've got a, we, we've got a governor with, with something of a mandate, and we've got a large and an even larger uh, majority in the House than we had. So these Republican legislators should be able to get something accomplished. Nespa, <laughs> correct? Uh, yeah, well, I, mean, I know what NESPOT means. That's yeah. different. It's just been a while. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this should be. The problem we've got in this state is Republican or Republican violence. Yeah. And what I try to tell everybody, you can't make the perfect the enemy of the good. And we, we, what happens on big issues, and it happened on even the abortion question last year, it's happened on a range of subjects we've tried to work on, even gun rights. Yeah. You have some people who can't take 80% of what they – you can get 80% of what you want, but that is not good enough in some people's minds. You've got to get it all right now. Or – You've got people who just, you've got the perfectionists, then you've got the sellouts, and those are usually the, the fringes. So the rest mm-hmm. of us in the middle, and I don't mean middle politically, but the rest of us in the caucus are trying to govern as conservatives. Then you've got some people who you can never make them happy because they're too liberal, or you can never make them happy because they didn't get everything they wanted. And that's the problem in a majority rule situation. But you have this enormous of a Republican majority, which we do in this state. Mm-hmm. It's not really the Democrats are not really the factor. It's fighting inside the caucus. So we've got to make sure that voters 
the constituents, people who listen to this kind of show, listen to your show, are out there sending a clear message to their House and Senate members. We're not going to, don't give us excuses because let's don't let's don't make the perfect the enemy the good. Let's don't fight so much. We let the Democrats run run the show, and and let's find a way to, c- to come around some common principles and do what needs to be done. Yeah, one thing that we've been talking about a lot this morning on the program, uh, Josh, is uh, technology and this incredible problem. <clears throat> excuse me, that I think we face here in this country. This alliance. This, this we've always suspected that this was happening, but now. With the Twitter dump that's uh, ongoing with uh, Elon Musk and on coming out on Substack um, and and on Twitter, is this very clear uh, path of of, of collaboration, uh, uh, basically a conspiracy between big tech and big government to curtail uh, freedom of speech, to curtail uh, debate in 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 the political arena, and and to very clearly, I think, uh, seek and and perhaps to actually influence the outcome. Of elections, I mean, this stuff that we're seeing uh, coming off of Twitter that now that Elon Musk is pulling back the curtains merely confirms what we've all suspected. And so what I think it has become increasingly clear to me and is now crystal clear, should be crystal clear to all of us that this is a serious, serious threat to our constitutional republic. And we've got to figure out creative ways uh, to confront big tech and rein it in, however that, whatever that looks like. And um, because they are using their influence um, as, as uh, the, the Twitter, uh, the journalist who's, who's releasing these documents, he said, look, the Twitter was in contact with both the White House and the, the Biden campaign. The problem is the people employed uh, by Twitter are about a 99, out of a thousand, there's about 998 liberals, liberal Democrats and two Republicans. So you can't rely on the fact that they were talking to both sides of the fence. They were really doing, they were talking to people on both sides of the fence, but they were doing the work, the bidding of the Biden campaign. And 100%. You just can't 100%. have that. You can't, I mean, I, I think it's the perhaps one of the biggest scandals, if not the biggest scandals to ever come down the pike in the history of this country. I know there was legislation last year that, that kind of got jammed up that would give private citizens the right to sue folks like Facebook or Google if they're pla- if they're deplatformed or if their if their account is throttled or or if they're otherwise the their access to the digital public square is limited you'd have a right a private right of action and and under the Communications Decency Act my understanding I'm not an expert on the subject my understanding is there's a carve out there that the feds left for states to do that I think speaking of Florida I think Florida actually did that and that's being challenged in the courts is the last that I heard DeSantis comment about it. But can we can we continue that press? I feel like it's really incumbent upon you guys in the General Assembly to really. Well, look, I did that bill you referenced. I filed that last year. That was my bill. Oh, and really? We. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was the author of that bill. So we. Okay. we and, and, and interestingly, yes, it, yeah. it did not get it did not get as far as we wanted it to. Uh, a lot of reasons. We got a lot of we had really more Democratic opposition, as you would imagine. But yeah. we we ended up. With a what, what I was excited about is just having the hearings. We had public hearings about it, and I was on that committee. Of course, I was on a subcommittee on my own bill, and so and testified to, to the subcommittees. And we had all these people lawyering up. I mean, literally, I felt like the greatest accomplishment of my first two years in the Senate was I forced Facebook to retain South Carolina Council to defend against what we might do to them. Um, I used to have I used to get censored a lot more on Facebook. 
until I filed that bill. I've never had another post taken down again since I filed that bill. So the threat alone was able to really get their attention to where Facebook and Twitter lawyered up in South Carolina because they thought we were coming after them like Florida did, and they started really backing off. And, of course, now uh, Facebook still got issues, but Twitter, Elon Musk, God bless him. I mean, the man has pretty much uh, – I don't agree with everything Elon's ever said or done, but i got to tell you, he's an American patriot. And what he's done here is to potentially save the country. I mean, it's, it's really exposed an enormous uh, – scandal that, that makes Watergate pale in comparison and really shakes the confidence that people have in the country and the free speech of this country. So what we're going to do, revisit the issue under unfair trade practices in South Carolina and consumer protection laws to allow for private cause of action. So I guess, Reese, you could say I'm giving up, I'm writing another bill that'll, that'll help you out in your day job. You can just go sue these companies to your heart's content to protect the, <laughs> the rights of the citizens of this state. So we'll give you a ding I believe that. we got to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that is, I think what we are realizing, Josh, and we talked about it this morning, I don't know if you heard, but the things that we have assumed happen only in China or the former Soviet Union in Russia under Putin, those same things have been happening right here under our noses. And we suspected it, but now we see proof. And I feel like it's, it's, it's up to the states to be a bulwark, a bulwark uh, of, of, to protect freedom and to, and to defend liberty. If it can't be, if, if we can't fight that battle, on the federal level, we got to fight it on the state level. And, well, and, you know where else you got to fight too, though, Reese. It's not it's to that same point about being a bulwark against the censorship. There is nowhere, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all those very dangerous that we're, what we're learning that they did. And I want to take action, as yeah. I've already said. I agree with that. But let's let's think about one other area that the state can directly get involved. And that's these universities that are publicly funded, and you, you have no more place of censorship and, frankly, indoctrination than the American university paid for by tax dollars, where they're teaching people for four years to hate their country, oh, yeah. to, to, to hate their history, to hate the freedom and capitalism in the Constitution and, and elevating people like Che Guevara and Fidel Castro Amen. to the saints. So I, there's, an, there's a bill that I introduced this year. We are uh, to eliminate tenure for all professors in the public university system. Wow. So if it's a taxpayer-funded Good. school... I want to end tenure. Josh, we got to run. We're up against a hard break. Listen, thanks for joining us. Keep up the good fight and come back on the show anytime. Always good to be with you, Reese. Thank, Thank you, Josh. Have a great day, folks. It's uh, Saturday morning coffee. Let me leave you with these words of wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed and join us next week for more Saturday morning coffee. Take care. Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.